It's it's really the first full Monday, first full week of the off season we're beginning here, Chris, isn't it? I mean, last week was kind of the clean up, the post you know mortem of the season, Mike Tomlin wrapping everything up, but now it's fully into off season mode here on the South Side beat as yeah. we are. 3 p.m. Eastern on DK Pittsburgh Sports, live on YouTube, later in podcast form. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Christen. What's on your mind, Chris? Oh, lots of stuff. Um, excited um, to see the PFWA Awards come out this week. Um, uh, TJ Watt, Miles Killebrew uh, being named to the All-NFL and All-AFC teams. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll get to see uh, the PFWA's uh, choices for MVP, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year on Wednesday. I'm sure that will um, cause some conversation until, obviously, the AP awards are uh, announced later on. But uh, excited about that. Um, Really enjoyed watching football this past weekend. I get to watch all four games. I saw at least parts of all four, but I I watched the entirety of last night's game between the Bills and Chiefs, and what a phenomenal game that was. Um, Just can't help but think about how those teams play compared to where the Steelers are right now. And where's that gap? Yep. How far, how far that gap is, I should say. I mean, from a Steelers takeaway, from a Steelers perspective, that's the thing you're going to think about is what's the gap between the Steelers and the chiefs, the Steelers and the bills, the Steelers and the Ravens. Now, maybe within the Ravens, it's a little bit more tricky to say because those two teams, as they say, know each other so well, as they say, throw out the record books, AFC North ball, all of, all of those cliches, all of those rules apply when it comes to Steelers Ravens. But, and we saw it last Monday, you know, in Orchard Park with the Bills and how things can go south very quickly or in the Bills case, how they could go wide right yet again. Uh, that's brutal for Tyler Bass, brutal for Buffalo. And to be honest with you, I I thought Josh Allen missed a couple throws. I thought, uh, obviously, Stephon Diggs should have had that one that was deep late in the game. Mm -hmm. I didn't get to watch much football over the weekend. I was um, up north. My mother celebrated her birthday over the weekend. So Mm -hmm. we made sure to do that and, uh, you know, didn't get to watch much, but obviously paying attention and seeing what's going on. And really, if you can't watch a game, I'm not telling you not to watch games, but (laughs) if you can't watch the game, Pretty much everything's on social media nowadays, so it's hard to miss. It's hard to miss when something happens. It's hard to miss when you know something impactful, and especially with how widespread the NFL is, it's hard to miss any of that. So I've yeah. um, got to catch up from from that, and uh, I'll make sure Barbara here and uh, and Matthew say happy birthday mm-hmm. to my mother. I'll make sure I relay the message. We had a good celebration, good dinner, and uh, good to be back though. For, for a Monday little football discussion here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So today we wanted to start kind of at the start. And, and with this offseason, it's obviously going to have to come down to more roster construction. And a good place, I thought, for us to start today would be the free agents and the pending class of free agents. And there's a really long list of them. I won't name all of them. But it's no secret that there's going to be turnover to this <clears> roster <throat> in some way, shape, or form. There is every offseason. But I think this offseason, and it's pretty important to note this, it feels really deliberate where the improvements need to be made. There were some years in recent memory, at least in my opinion, that you could look at some positions and be like, well, that's kind of a gray area. Could they really get better there? Could they, could they maybe even out there with a the new person? Or can they actually improve there? 
short of signing, you know, a, a star free agent, of course. But with the Steelers, looking at their list of free agents, there's really only a few that I could pinpoint that it's like definitively sign them. And then a, a lot of them were like, yeah, they're replaceable kind of players. Yeah. Uh, the, the um, listen, there are, um, There are a number of different ways that the Steelers can can attack this offseason. Obviously, yeah, you have decisions to make on, on pending free agents. Um, that will be part of uh, how how you build the team. Uh, I'm curious to see one, one thing I'm really regarding free agency. I'm really curious to see how much how active the Steelers are, because the past two offseasons, they've been very active. Now, one of the things that allows you to do that, um, and it's not a coincidence that past two off seasons have been without Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback is that having a quarterback on a rookie deal or having a very uh, cost controllable quarterback allows you to do more in free agency, allows you to spend more money or allocate more money throughout the rest of your roster. Yep. So that doesn't surprise me that, Oh, well now all of a sudden the Steelers are big spenders. Well, it's because they're not paying a big, you know, paying big money to a quarterback. Um, but I think that's something that, you know, has to be on the table, whether it could be, through free agency, through trades, however that is, because if things don't work out with Mason Rudolph, how do they address quarterback to go along with Kenny Pickett? Because I think even the Steelers would admit that if they go into the season with Kenny Pickett or bust in 2024, that's an awfully big risk to take. Mm -hmm. I think you need to have some sort of, uh, as Mike Tomlin put it, competition, whether that's Mason Rudolph, Justin Fields, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, there's give him a push in the rear in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Yeah, and, yeah, and so, but then as that, you know, that then trickles down to how you address everything else. But they even put it in the Steelers' feed this morning. The thing that you prioritize over everything else is quarterback. Until you have the quarterback position figured out, and I think if you watch the games this past weekend, you know DK. Somebody pointed out earlier, DK on his daily shot this morning said that the gap between like the Bills and the and, and and like the Steelers, for example, or the Bills and the Chiefs and the Steelers isn't that far. But I'd say the biggest reason for there being any kind of lapse or gap is the quarterback play. Mm -hmm. um, Steelers defense, if their offense were anywhere near on par with it, their defense is good enough to win those games. They might not be the best defense in the league. They should be better than what they are because of what they're allocating, you know, in terms of funds and everything like that. But it's still good enough where if they had a Josh Allen or they had a Mahomes, now it's not saying that those just grow on trees. You can go gr grab one this offseason. You can't. But exceptional quarterback play is the biggest difference maker, and it will affect how you address free agency the rest of the way. Steeler Girl 808 says she keeps looking for notifications for Steelers offensive coordinator, new hire. That is a slow moving process right now be. over on the South side. And I think it will be as well. Um, obviously the four teams left in the uh, NFL playoffs, right? The lions, the 49ers, the Ravens and the chiefs. Mm -hmm. Now could the Steelers be looking at someone from either of those franchises? Of course they should be. And if you're reading into that, in any way, shape, or form, like the most likely indicator would be the 49ers and their staff yeah. and, and potentially looking at somebody there, namely their passing game coordinator. Now, it was revealed uh, Shane Waldron is is apparently taking a job. Oh, um, he's taking, what was it? The Bears. Titans, the Bears, thank you. Yep. I don't know why yep. I thought Titans. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but he's taking the Bears offensive coordinator job. And a lot of people thought that was a, of a good pickup. You know, obviously spent time in Seattle is from the McVay tree out in L.A., so to speak. Yeah. Um, but if if that's what you're reading into it in Steel Girl, if, if that logic you're following um, and those that are listening as well with the offensive coordinator, if the reason why it sounds like there's really no movement right now within the Steelers offensive coordinator search, that's the that's the indication I get just from reading the tea leaves and, and, and knowing that other teams are very active in the coordinator search. Yeah. And it seems like the Steelers are not. And B Phil says it here, as long as they get the offensive coordinator by free agency, they definitely will. Oh yeah. It's, they will. it's just going to matter. If, it's just yeah. going to be a matter of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, obviously the, the the big name that sticks out to me like you said is Clint Kubiak the passing game coordinator for San Francisco uh of the Kyle Shanahan tree offensive mm-hmm. coordinator for the Vikings in 2021 um that would be that's that's the most intriguing name to me now that Shane Waldron is is no longer available um I'm gonna have uh, my, my chalk talk this week it'll be out Wednesday for sure uh, that will be uh I'm gonna look at take a deeper dive into a few of the coordinator candidates. I'm not going to do a long list. I'm, I really want to look at the meat and potatoes of what they, what they bring to the table. Yeah. Um, obviously if we get any kind of candidate listings or if it's announced of any interviews, then I will obviously do something on those guys. Cause we at least know that the Steelers are for sure interviewing them. Um, that's going to be a big, that, that, this is a, a huge decision because again, just as the quarterback decision or, the, or how they address quarterback in the offseason trickles down and affects the rest of the roster who they hired offensive coordinator affects the quarterback situation because mm-hmm. if it is Clint Kubiak or it is Brian Greasy or, or, or somebody you know along those lines that might you know, very well affect listen if they let's let's just say somebody else brings it up here um you know Rick Rick brought it up here if they do hire Kubiak who knows maybe the Steelers pivot and they want to go acquire Kirk Cousins you know, and try to replicate what the Vikings did in 2021 on offense, because there's a lot of similarities between the Vikings 2021 offense and what the Steelers have really good one, two punch with Dalvin cook and Alexander Madison, really good one, two punch with Najee Harrison, Jalen Warren, uber talented receiver in Justin Jefferson, uber talented receiver in George Pickens, Mm -hmm. really shifty possession type receiver in Adam Thielen, really shifty speedy type possession receiver in Deontay Johnson. You see what a TJ Hawkinson, Pat Fryermuth, you see the similarities there. Like I'm just curious to see how that would play out, but that is one of many variables that could play out here. Kubiak may not even get, get an interview. I, I think that'd be kind of interesting. But anyway, I'm just yep. saying, like, who they hired offensive coordinator will, then again, everything's a trickle-down effect, and it's a slow-moving process. Everybody's going to want it to be fast. You missed out on Shane Waldron because of it, but it's just not going to be a quick a, a quick decision, and, and nor should it be, honestly. No, and by the way, if you want to put this out into the air, you know, a lot of people are saying, well, Brock Purdy's, the best quarterback in that draft class as of right now. And that's the Shanahan product. Well, if you want a quarterback to develop, Kyle Shanahan's a good one to develop one. And if you want to get someone from that tree to develop your quarterback, yeah, theoretically that should be a good one to go get. So yeah, yeah if Clint Kubiak is the guy and there's familiarity there within the Shanahan, the Shanahan offense and Mike Tomlin feels he's number one. I mean, that's just, from looking at the teams that are left, from looking at the other teams that are hiring coordinators, it just feels like the Steelers are moving slower than they are. 
That's what it's telling me. Now, it could be somebody different. It could be somebody, obviously, that fits Mike Tomlin's criteria as he laid mm-hmm. out last Thursday. Yep. So there's a lot of layers to undercover with all of that. But another big thing of that is going to be player movement. Now, when mm-hmm. I looked at who's going to be free agents for the Steelers, mm-hmm. I noted 17 that are going to hit free agency. This is March 13th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Somebody was asking. Um, there is a ta- legal tampering period, so it, yeah. it really kind of begins two days prior. Yeah. If deals can't be official until the 13th, but there will be those couple of days where they can legally tamper. So it'll really be a couple days. Yeah. Before. But yeah, anyway, go on. <laughs> but, but there's a, there's quite a list. And then yeah. seven players hit free agency today. This is uh, players that were on the practice squad. Um, and among those guys... Brain Fahoko, Miles Jack, Anthony McFarland, David Perales, Eric Rode, Jalen Smith, and Brad Wings. So seven very familiar names hit free agency today that were on the practice squad. And look, when it comes to the late stretch in the season, Miles Jack and Eric Rowe were the two big names out of that. Mm-hmm. And to me, Chris, I think Rowe would be an interesting name to bring back on depth. I'm not sure what Jack's plans are, to be honest, because he's got other life endeavors he's begun, yeah. you know, as, as part of his, <laughs> I guess you could call it first retirement. Right. But to me, I think Eric Rowe out of that bunch right there, that was, that was back in free agency today. I think that's a big name because they didn't, you know, futures or, or anything like that for, for mm-hmm. next season as of right now. Yeah. Eric Rowe, uh, I think is definitely worthy of another look. Um, uh, Miles Jack, I'm definitely interested in in terms of depth. Uh, obviously, you know the, the Steelers should w- will be getting Cole Holcomb back, so you'll have Holcomb and Landon Roberts. You know, um, Quan Alexander will be an interesting you know free agent to me. Um, you know, how do the Steelers address that? How do the other teams value him coming off of an Achilles injury? Um, you know, and how again, it's how do the Steelers make it work? How do they allocate their funds um, in, in terms of the bigger picture? Then when you're talking about free agency, because you, you can't address every single hole on the roster, even though like last year, Omar Khan did a phenomenal job at hitting just about every single spot yeah. they needed to hit. But there will be like certain areas where they, they can only invest a certain amount of money because again, if the Steelers do end up, you know, putting a decent amount of money into the quarterback position, however that is, whether it be Mason Rudolph or, or anybody else, then that's going to affect, okay, Okay, maybe for offensive line help, they they can't afford to go through free agency in terms of starter impact type players, but maybe they have to rely on the draft for that. Which, by the way, assistant offensive line coach uh, Isaac Williams will be at the Senior Bowl helping coach the offensive line for one of the teams. Mm-hmm. So they will get a closer look at some of those prospects coming into the draft. Um, you know, that will impact all of that stuff. So I, I I'm I'm curious to see. I'm curious to see how they. I, the good thing is, is that a lot of the guys who are com- who are going to be like, who are going to be hitting free agency, they aren't going to cost an arm and a leg to possibly bring back. There's not a lot of high impact guys that are like, oh man, if that guy leaves, it, it's not like I don't see unless I'm really missing somebody, like a Cam Sutton, mm-hmm. like when he left, everybody kind of felt that one, like, oh, ouch, like that one, that one hurt. Yeah. I don't see that on on this list of free agents for the Steelers. Well, obviously, if Mason Rudolph left, yeah, right now that would hurt. But again, who? Okay, if Mason Rudolph doesn't pan out, who else do they get a quarterback? If you get Kirk Cousins, I'm sorry, that's an upgrade. As don't want to take anything away from Mason Rudolph. 
Kirk Cousins doesn't upgrade over that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's two that I would be like, like probably shouldn't let that guy go. If they go Marcus golden, number one, I like him a lot as depth, obviously behind oh, yeah. high Smith. And I mm-hmm. like him, you know, kind of to mentor her big. I thought he was good this year. Miles mm-hmm. Killiver is the, the one though. Like if they lose miles Killiver, like, yeah, special teamers can be replaced, but yeah. when you have one, that's the best in the NFL. You might as well keep him around. And I think that what Miles Killebrew does with the block punts and just how organized he keeps things on special teams. I know the Steelers have punter issues, and I mm-hmm. really think Presley Harvin will be addressed in this offseason. Um, I think that Miles Killebrew is one to keep around. And for the fact of that matter, Christian Kuntz is a free agent. I wouldn't be sad to see him re-signed either. I think he's very valuable as a long snapper. I thought he did a good job this year. So I think those are the two ones. Yeah, I think uh, like Killebrew – He's definitely. I'm not taking anything away because he's he's an he's an all pro for a reason. He's all NFL for the you know PFWA awards for a reason. Um, but like you said, special teams players can be replaced, and if if, right. if it's going to cost you an arm and a leg, if it's going to cost you way more money than you can really afford to allocate to special teams, then you just got to bite the bullet, man. Now I'm not. I don't take anything away from special teams because special teams has a major impact on the game. It just does. And if you can have a Miles Killebrew on your team, absolutely do it. Absolutely. Uh, The Marcus Golden one, yeah, it'd be painful. But again, it's not like you just lost your best cornerback. Not only your best, but your best and most versatile cornerback. At the end of the day, you still have your two starters in TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, and you have a nice up-and-coming guy in Nick Herbig. Right. Um, Sure, do you want to maintain that kind of – depth at that position absolutely you do of yeah. course you do especially if if you do run into a situation where tj watts out you want to have as the, the best uh possible way to fill his absence to, to fill that void but um uh, you know again yeah there's a couple players that would kind of hurt a little bit but i don't see anybody where like if they really really like if somebody left like like they're in a lot of trouble or they've got a they've got a completely re- i mean i had somebody last at the at the combine last year it, within from within the organization tell me that they thought so highly of cam sutton that they like say like he is a pittsburgh Steeler. we want him he was the priority in free agency and it just yeah. didn't happen yeah. so that that to me tells me how important he was to them and it just didn't pan out yeah uh, somebody asked about Deontay Johnson. Uh, Rick believes Deontay Johnson 1,000% will hold out. How much do you give him? Now, he's under contract for 2024 still, and he can hold out if he wants. I just well, don't know if the Steelers – extension, are... yeah. Yeah, I just – they could extend him, but I'm not sure how inclined the Steelers are going to be to do that at, at this stage. I, I mean, I think it's going to have to take – we're going to have to take a look at what the Steelers do in the offseason with that position. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to have to be upgrades made. I don't think Allen Robinson's retained. I don't know why they would for $10 million. That makes no sense. But so, his salary cap would even be higher than that. You're just clearing $10 million in cap space with him. It's like 11 point something with, yeah. with the roster bonus. It's, it's the easiest cap casualty. Right. So easiest. I don't see Allen Robinson being here. That be, that being said, with $10 million freed up you know, in that ballpark, I'm not sure if they're going to extend Deontay Johnson right away. I have a feeling they're going to let this roll in. And, and quite frankly, I would understand why from a Steelers perspective. I think if, if that, that situation does come up because yeah, when a guy is entering the last year of his deal, that is a situation in, in which you will see a guy hold out, or at least the way that it's done now is they will hold in. They'll report to camp. 
but they won't they won't like participate in anything or, do if, they anything, do par- or yeah. if they do participate it's only in the individual drills and as soon as the team drills begin they just step off to the side and be like all right have at it guys you know they, they just they'll, they'll they'll just stand there and not do anything um so you know that's what tj watt did that's what deontay did when he got his new contract i think if anything right now even if he did i think the steelers at this point in time could probably end up getting him on a more reasonable contract. It's also um, true. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not like he's let the world on fire the past two seasons, not taking anything away from, I think very highly of Deontay Johnson in terms of as being a route runner, in terms of being reliable of getting open um, and, and being available on possession downs. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And there is absolutely a, a price that should be paid for that, especially in today's NFL. Uh, and you might be able to get him for a, for a more affordable uh, contract. If that's, possible see Teresa brings up maybe t higgins like yeah. listen that would cost more money to me than deontay johnson would and it, just in my opinion that t higgins would cost more money and also uh, again all depends on the who the new coordinator is and what his yep. vision for this offense is a lot yep. of the questions in roster personnel on the offense can't really be answered until we find out who's the new offensive coordinator yeah because that's going to dictate system scheme all of that stuff that's every position that's running back quarterback wide receiver tight end o-line like i i can't understate i can't state enough rather that the biggest domino that has to fall is that coordinator hiring Mm -hmm. and that's going to dictate mason rudolph quite frankly whether he comes back it's going to dictate who's going to compete with Kenny. And if that's Mason Rudolph, great. But it's spice. I'm not to say they're going to hire the new OC first. That's just what has to happen. Oh yeah. That, that that's will just what's first, going yeah. to happen. We we can't sit here and definitively say, Oh, it's going to be as Jedi says here, Tyler Boyd, or as Teresa says, T Higgins or any of these other receivers that are on the market, because we don't know who this offensive coordinator is going to want. Now, Deontay Johnson you know, we're not going to find out until I would say OTAs as to what his mood is, what his mindset is on all of this, because OTAs are partially voluntary and he doesn't have to show up for them. And mm-hmm. he showed up last year. So if he's not going to show up for OTAs, he'll show up for the obviously mandatory portion, mandatory minicamp. Yeah, minicamp, yeah. But if he doesn't show up for OTAs and then shows up to minicamp and half asses it, then we can have the conversation about, okay, he's probably going to hold out in Latrobe. Like there's got to be layers to all of this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, you know, w- looking at Deontay, somebody somebody was saying, uh, um, somebody or Rick was asking, like, just wondering what your number for him was. Like, I, I don't know for for Deontay. Like, you might have to look at. I mean, you're definitely looking at more than like ten million per year in terms of AAV. I, I think that's pretty obvious. Um, you're going to have to end up paying that if you want that kind of, you know, the, the, uh, the ability to produce that much at receiver. There are some people that are automatically like some people that are very like anti Deontay, or even if you're not anti Deontay, who are just like straight up being like, just trade him, trade him for Justin Fields or something like that. Like, listen, like, okay. If Deontay is gone, who else is there? Mm-hmm. You got George Pickens. Okay. That's a good guy to have really good guy. And then after that, it is a massive drop off because I think we can go ahead and just go ahead and say Allen Robinson's not going to come back. Right. Your next receiver at that point is Calvin Austin. Again, not taking anything away from Calvin Austin. I think very highly of him, but he's, he's not, not a Deontay two. Johnson. Well, he's not he, a two either. Not even close to being not a two. Deontay Johnson at all. I, yeah. I mean, 
similar types, you know, Calvin's a little faster, a little quick, a little quicker, but fast, but faster and quick. And Darren, Darren's kind of says that that leaves no route runner. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's not just the fact that Deontay is a really good route runner. He's one of the best in the NFL at doing it. He's one of the best in the NFL at getting open and gaining separation. That's a, a quantifiable fact. Um, that you don't just throw that away, especially if you get an offensive coordinator who can come in and help get who, whichever quarterback, Kenny Pickett or whoever else, to find those guys much more often. Mm-hmm. With the talent that the Steelers have, that could be a recipe for something exploding. The way, you know, I don't know. I mean, you look at the kind of numbers that the Vikings offense put up in 2021 under Kubiak. Again, I look, I kind of look at that because if that's a guy. Man, you will take that to pair along with what the Steelers have on defense. Sure will. Sure will. Um, Mike says, say it, bring back Chase Claypool. <laughs> no. Nope, I don't think as that's As long happening. as you can then flip him at the deadline for another second-round pick. Yeah. <laughs> Although you might be worth more like a third or a fourth now to Chicago, <laughs> after all. Uh, I don't think Chase Claypool's in the cards. I don't think Juju Smith-Schuster's in the no, cards. I don't think either of them. I don't think either of them are walking uh, through that door right now. So uh, Darren says if you if you uh, trade Deontay Johnson, you need to draft a Dunsey, which means trading up, giving up, giving up capital for what? That's uh, Roma Dunsey from uh, Washington. I like him as a receiver. I don't think he's going to be there at 20 to get either of the draft. So, uh, you know, we got a while to go for the draft, too. And, and for my money, um, offensive line or – secondary is like my early like thought of this is what they should do in the first round but we're a ways away from that there's a whole senior bowl a shrine bowl there's combine yeah. there's all kinds of stuff that happens still so uh, can i just put some, one more thing into perspective real quick when it comes to the deontay stuff like certainly listen, like a lot of people will have the past two seasons um fresh in their mind as they should they're the it's the most recent thing that's happened but let's not forget that what has deontay johnson done with even adequate quarterback play. He's been very, very productive with adequate adequate quarterback play. Look at 2021. I don't think anybody would consider Ben Roethlisberger to be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL in 2021. Adequate? Sure, adequate. For sure. Great? Not at all. And, you know, bad? Definitely not. Adequate. And he was very, very productive in that season. If he has adequate quarterback play for a 17-game season – the numbers will be there. And all of a sudden the contract won't look like an albatross. You just have mm-hmm. to make sure you get the offensive coordinator higher right and get the quarterback situation figured out to pair well with who the coordinator is in turn. Other things should pan out. George Pickens should become mm-hmm. more productive. Deontay Johnson will return to being a more productive guy. This is a guy who remember is like one of, I think it's four or five Steelers receivers who, who's, the only the only receivers to have at least 100 catches and 1,000 yards in a season, this dude can produce. He just needs a guy who can get in the ball consistently. Sure, sure. Uh, Chris asks, not you, different Chris, uh, <laughs> asks, Pittsburgh's open to spending more money in the offseason than a year's past? Question. Um, last year. It's hard to imagine them spending more than last year. It, it's hard to envision that. The only way I think that they do anything comparable is if they actually change direction with quarterback and go get – a, a veteran, somebody or somebody that's price veteran, yeah, right. That that's going to cost some money. Like mm-hmm. it depends on the AAV. It depends on like what's open and who leaves in free agency. We can't state this. Um, we're not going to be able to state this enough. 
the quarterback room is going to be dictated by two major moves, the offensive coordinator hiring and Mason Rudolph and what Mason Rudolph does. If Mason Rudolph comes back, then it's going to be Kenny Pickett versus Mason Rudolph. And Mike Tomlin made it clear that he believes that the starting quarterback for 2024 is on the roster right now, that being Kenny Pickett, Mason Rudolph. Mm-hmm. And he said that in his press conference to close the season last Thursday. So if that new coordinator comes in and Mason Rudolph doesn't resign, then they have to pivot. They have to go to either a rookie they draft or a veteran free agent or a trade or something else. Mm-hmm. So that domino effect, it depends on what exactly happens at the quarterback position. And then it depends on what cuts they make. Now, it's safe to assume Allen Robinson chooks a court for Mitch Trubisky. Easy cuts, no-brainer. That's like $22 million saved. Go I ahead and even, do it. I would even throw Patrick Peterson in. Like a- Patrick Peterson, I think, would, would be a candidate to be cut and then re-sign. I think he'll re-sign here. I just think it'll be for less money. Yeah. I think it would have to be for less money yeah, or, yeah, or some because- kind of restructure. And it's and it's not out of the own possibility that Cam Hayward restructures. So and what I mean by that is he would have to sign an extension and then essentially defer the money into the back end. So we'll see exactly what happens with that. And it depends on how much cap the Steelers are going to be able to free up and what that cap number actually is when it's set. Uh, what is it? March that cap number sets. So mm-hmm. depends on what happens there. there. There's a long road to go there. We can talk about theoretical do's and don'ts of what we want to see for this team. But I thought today was a good day to bring up the free agents and exactly who's going to be gone or quite frankly, who already is gone. Um, and, and I think we laid out pretty much, um, you know, who we think should come back, who we think would be good to get back on the cheap, who we think is quite frankly replaceable. I think it's a really clear cut and dry list this year um, on, on who should stay perhaps and who should, um, you know, be replaced in free agency. Yeah. Um, final thought for me today, as we uh, start to wrap this up. Um, yeah. If you were watching the games, this past weekend, uh, especially the game last night, which, by the way, thank you, Jason Kelsey, for uh, for being the hero that we all needed. Uh, something to finally upstage the Taylor Swift stuff. <laughs> he was partying with Taylor. They were having fun together. I know that, but, man, I was having way more fun watching Jason Kelsey freaking go out shirtless in the cold weather than – yeah. Anyway, um, no, but I, I uh, if you're watching those games, man, and if, especially if you're watching the game last night, um, man, I'll tell you what. If you think the Steelers can go into a game that turns into something like that and really compete where both quarterbacks are at their at the, to the top of their game. I just I don't see that right now. And again, I'm not taking that taking anything away from Mason Rudolph. I'm not taking anything away from Kenny Pickett, but those guys just aren't at that level. They're not. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that the Steelers have to they have no chance of winning if they don't have that kind of a quarterback, but it greatly increases your odds if you if you have exceptional quarterback play. Um yeah. they need to get this figured out whether that be for just this this upcoming season or obviously for the long term, they need to get it figured out. Maybe Kenny Pickett is the guy. Maybe he turns into the next Josh Allen type in terms of first two years, very underwhelming, and then all of a sudden year three explodes. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Mason Rudolph who is the next Geno Smith who freaking just nothing for several years and then all of a sudden just explodes and becomes a very, very good quarterback. Um, maybe it's a guy you draft on the, on the first night of the, uh, on the first night of the draft. Maybe it's another veteran who comes in, who plays really well with a certain coordinator. Either way, 
quarterback is the most important position. They have to get it figured out. Um, that is just I, I I don't know how anybody can and it's going to get even worse as we continue to to watch the conference championship games. You're going to have Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson in the AFC Championship, and that's of course the side I'm going to go with because that's who the Steelers would have to go through to get to yep. where they need to go. You got to be able to compete with the best quarterbacks. And Brock Purdy and Jared Goff are not slouches either. Yeah, not even, no, they're not. not. I don't want to take anything away from those guys. No. Um, when Brock Purdy is probably the worst of the four. Like in terms of overall performance, maybe <laughs> I don't even know about that. Golf could be considered worse, yeah. but that's debatable in that realm. And I yeah. think Purdy was what fifth in the NFL in passing or top five in the NFL in passing. Yeah. Like even then, and here's another thing too to piggyback off of that. Yeah, even if you think you have the quarterback figured out, you still might not win. Dallas, still, why not? Yep. Dallas, yep. look how good Dak, Pros- Dak Prescott was this year. Yep. Dak Prescott, for my money, top three MVP candidate. I think if it, I mean like no, and that I mean you bring that into a bigger picture. I mean the Steelers had an all-time quarterback, a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, for eighteen years they won two Super Bowls. Well, I got bodied by Tom Brady at a couple junctures, but yeah. But, but, but no, I'm just saying like you have you had an all-time first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback for eighteen years, won two Super Bowls, went to three, and. I mean, if you're not also playing in the same conference as the greatest quarterback of all time, and then one of the top three greatest quarterbacks of all time, probably in Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. maybe they win more. But that's just that was just the nature of the beast of what the Steelers had to face. And right now, the Steelers, you're going to have to find a way to compete with the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens and the Lamar Jacksons and Joe Burrows and all these guys that are just in your conference, much less get to the Super Bowl and then face any of those guys over in the NFC. Yeah. Quarterback play is important. You look through the history of the league. You got to have one. You don't have to have an an all timer, but you got to have adequate play. You got to have a good guy who knows how to, who knows how to win. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree with that. It's, it's really a position where you either have or you don't. And I make that sound so simple. But in this league, you know if you have one and you know if you don't. You mm-hmm. being whoever's objectifiably looking at the roster. That could be Mike Tomlin. That could be Omar Khan. That could be Andy Weidel. That could be Art Rooney. That could be you or me or anybody in this in this stream listening. You could have a view on whether the Steelers have the quarterback or don't. The opinions that matter are Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney, and Omar Khan. Mm-hmm. And from that point, they need to hire an offensive coordinator who – in my opinion, still, you can find a way to get the best out of Kenny Pickett if you want or go a different direction. I think the or opened up because of Mason Rudolph's play towards the end of the year. So there's a way to go with that. It's very clear the Steelers are not there from that perspective. It's very clear that it's going to take a while for them perhaps to get there from that perspective. And even when you get there, you still don't know if you're going to get there, if that makes sense. It's a very... Very, as Mike Tomlin says, fine line between drinking wine and squashing those grapes. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. DK and Ramon coming up in about 25 minutes here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Live on YouTube. Remember, we're available in podcast form. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We're into the offseason. We're rolling. We're having daily shows still, as much as we can. Uh, there might be a couple days where, uh, you know, we need to uh, take a day off or here every here and then. But we'll be back. By and large. And tomorrow, if you notice the episode number, 
100. We're going to celebrate 100. 100 tomorrow. That's right. Be popping bottles, you. guys. Uh, we're, I'm going to pop a bottle of maybe Gatorade over there and <laughs> you know, get excited over that. But 100 episodes in uh, tomorrow. We appreciate you all, whether you've been here for one episode, two episodes, uh, all 99. Know, 99 episodes, whatever it is. We appreciate you all. He's Chris Halleck. I'm Corey Chris, and this has been the South Side Beat. Cheers, everybody. Have a good Monday.